welcome to another episode of Simply Teach, a podcast for teachers and by teachers. I'm your host, Kelly Jackson. I'm a former teacher turned classroom organization and management coach. My passion is to help teachers just like you organize, manage, just love their classrooms. Each episode is full of simple ways to engage your students, stay motivated, and keep up with best practices. Because y'all, I know teaching is hard, but I am so glad that you're here. Welcome back to another episode of Simply Teach. Today you're listening to episode number 31 and I'm so excited to share this interview with you. Today I'm talking to Autumn and Bethany from the A to B podcast. Get it? Because A for Autumn and B for Bethany. I started listening to their podcast back in March or April of 2018 and I have enjoyed listening in on the conversations between these two best friends. Their podcast talks about organization, but like real life organization. You know, the kind where you intend to have things together and meal plan and you have routines, but then life happens and you don't stick to your plans. That's why I wanted them on the podcast to talk about real life organization in the classroom. Autumn is a former teacher and now she is a professional organizer. And Bethany is a current teacher in California. She teaches kinder. So all the praise hands for her. Okay, if I'm being honest, I was really nervous to talk with them because their podcast is so good. And I don't know, just... Interviewing other podcasters can be so intimidating, but literally, literally the minute we got on the phone call before I even pushed record, they made me feel so at ease. They were so kind. Their voices are so calming. Again, I know I always talk about people's voices. I didn't know this was a thing for me, but apparently it is. Anyways, Bethany and Autumn are gonna take turns sharing five practical organization procedures that you can implement in your classroom. They share a ton of good information and you're going to feel tempted to write it all down, but make sure you head over to the show notes at the simplyorganizedteacher.com because I'll put everything there for you also. I want to make sure that you're on my email list. In the next couple weeks, I'm going to be launching some new products of my own, the Utable Organization Resource and the five-day organization challenge, which you can actually get access to now. I also have some great resources that I partner with that I want to be sharing with you. So make sure that you're signed up for my email list so that you know when all those things are launching or when I'm talking about them. You can sign up by, of course, going to the show notes. It will always be there. Or you can go to bit.ly slash email. All right, y'all, without further ado, here's my conversation with Autumn and Bethany. Welcome to the Simply Teach podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having us. Yes, thank you. We're so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm really excited um, to talk to y'all. And I wanted to tell y'all first, as actually the story of how I found y'all. Um, I think it's kind of funny because I had somebody reach out to me, like she emailed me and she was like, hey, um, I heard about your podcast or I saw your podcast. I can't remember what the terminology she was. Uh, while listening to the A to B podcast. And I started listening like your podcast, whatever. And I was like, oh my, this was when I had just started podcast recording. And I was like, oh my gosh, somebody like found my podcast and is talking about it. And I was like, so (laughs) proud of, you know, like whatever. So I went and um, first I went online to like Google and see if I could find me linked up with y'all, went and downloaded some recent episodes, listened to try and see, couldn't find anywhere how y'all knew me. Um, but I enjoyed your podcast. So I kept listening, but then probably not until like three or four months ago when I was like searching for a new podcast. And you know how, like when you're searching, when you listen to a podcast down below, it'll tell you like other podcasts you might enjoy listening to. Yeah. Uh I'm, I'm assuming that that is where I popped up on her. Like I popped up down there. Um, but I thought that was funny. Yes, that is. Well, we follow you on Instagram. So I was wondering if like we commented on, yeah, that, yeah. I was like trying to rack my brain to remember. Y'all did nothing. It was just iTunes (laughs) algorithm. Yeah. But that's how I ended up finding y'all. And I've really enjoyed, I remember when she emailed me, she was like, you're going to love listening to their voices. They have like really (laughs) calm, soothing voices. And it's so true. Y'all's voices are very like, that might be creepy to say, but very calming and nice to listen to. So I enjoy listening to y'all's podcast. Um, well, I have a cold right now, so I don't know how soothing my voice is going to be, <laughs> but I will tell you that Autumn's daughter said that I remember she hearing to, this. <laughs> yeah. She listens to our podcast sometimes if she can't fall asleep so that it like, so like lulls her to sleep. We're like, okay, well our job here is done. We'll then. take okay. it. Yeah. <laughs> 
any compliment you can get, right? <laughs> That's right. We'll take it. So will y'all introduce yourselves a little bit and then tell people listening about y'all's podcast? Yes, I am Autumn um, and I am an professional organizer and Bethany and I were college roommates. So we've been friends for a super, super long time. And, um, I'm taking over Bethany, but you can jump in anytime. No, no, you're, you're um, <laughs> so as college roommates, we lived together, but not only that, we shared a bedroom and, you know, this was college, so it wasn't a very big bedroom. And that's where our relationship of me trying to organize her stuff slash get rid of her stuff really began. And so we've been talking about organizing for years and years and years. And Bethany is, uh, a kindergarten teacher, not an organizer, but we just, talk about all the ways to get organized. And I asked her if she wanted to start a podcast with me because all we do is talk about organization. And she (laughs) generously said yes. Well, you were a teacher though. Yes, I did teach. um, And then when my daughters were born, um, I've been home and kind of slowly transitioned into an organizer. Have you done, are you like, uh, what's her name? Marie? Marie Kondo. Yeah. Are you, are you like one of her? No, you have to get specifically trained. If if training means reading her book three times, then yes. (laughs) I have read her book a few times. Although yesterday, okay. Yesterday, I kid you not. I had, I, um, Autumn texted me to let me know that the tidying up her new like Netflix show is on, which I didn't even know about. That popped up on my Netflix today too. They know what we want. Yeah. They know what we like. And my fiance was like, well, aren't you going to watch it? And I said, well, you don't have to watch it right now. He goes, no, let's watch it. I was so proud. So we sat and we watched an episode together. It was actually really, really fun. And I immediately like went and found something that does not bring me joy. And I said, thank you and goodbye to it. Um, I read that book, I guess, last Christmas break. So my husband and I got married in August of 2017. And so this was December of 2017. And keep in mind, when we got married, he moved into my house. So the house was already decorated like I wanted. And um, he had to get rid of a lot of his things to move in with me. And not have to, but, you know, when we whittled down, it just happened that no, we whittled I get a it. lot. <laughs> that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, Anyways, like we're married four months and then I get this life-changing magic of tidying up book and read it over Christmas break and went through like a full on three days of like pulling everything out of the cabinets, making him go through his clothes and be like, does this bring you joy? He was so irritated with me. (laughs) Did you master the, the folding technique? I tried, but I can't, I can't figure out how to get them to stay. And I feel like they're still wrinkly. You have to kind of (laughs) stuff. Like you have to have enough. Like if you take one out, they might fall over. I like it for some things. Like I really like it for kids stuff and like for my workout shirts, I use it, but not for everything. Yeah. Yeah. So Bethany, you're getting married, right? I am. And now I can actually say I'm getting married this year, which is kind of crazy. Um, I'm getting married in June which I found out a lot of people want to get married in June. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, Especially teachers. They were like, oh, great. I'm out of school, which is what my brain said. Uh Um, That's the perfect time to get married. So I'm getting married in June. And um, after we got engaged, uh, my fiance moved in and it was a very similar thing, except I wasn't decorated. I was just kind of like, things were where I knew, you know, they were, they were in piles or I knew where things were. And so when he came in, he actually did help me get a little bit more organized and he graciously got rid of a lot of his stuff. He let me keep like, well, not let me, but he was like, of course you can keep your favorite mugs. Cause I'm like, you don't care about your mugs. And this mug, this mug <laughs> is from the shop when I went to New York and it's the, you've got mail mug. And you know, it's like he, you know, he tolerates a lot. So I, I definitely on our podcast, I, I'm very open about the fact that I am not the organized one. It's Autumn. I am 
striving to be organized. Well, you'll crack me up when y'all talk in autumn when you're like coaching her through. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm ready to do it about our coffee it? mugs right now that I just heard about. <laughs> I think it was the books. Was it your bookshelf oh, yeah. that you were? Uh-huh, her books. Yeah. yeah. And then I think shortly after I listened, so I listened to that one like while I was packing to move to Germany. <laughs> and then, um, so I was like going through my books, reflecting on y'all's conversation y'all had. This is the great thing about Bethany is speaking of the magic of tidying up. If you ask her the question, does this bring you joy? She will say yes, pretty much about everything because everything does bring her joy. She's not joking. Like there will be number, like multiple coffee mugs and they all bring her joy so that, you know, that's, we have fun. Yeah, we do have fun. And I will say that I love the way you described it, Kelly, that it's like coaching because I definitely, I feel like it's coaching. And then like in our podcast, we really want it, you know, we we just try to be very honest. This is truly the conversation we would be having if we weren't recording, like even if we weren't recording it. And so that kind of coaching and support, Autumn's great at that. And I am great at trying to follow her advice. So, <laughs> Well, and I appreciate that y'all are so honest because y'all will talk about things or like, I think a big thing y'all were talking about for a while when I started listening was the photography, like organizing your photos and y'all would come on and be like, Pictures, oh, yeah. yeah, like, oh, I didn't get to it this week yes. or this month or whatever. And to me, somebody who's like very much a type A perfectionist, when I don't get something done, I can take that as a failure and feel, you know, very frustrated with myself. And so just hearing other people talk about, oh, I didn't get this done. It helps me to have a little bit more grace for myself. Yeah. And, and realizing that that is okay. And it wasn't, there were other priorities that were more important. And so if we would have put photography as the most important thing that month, I think we would have missed the point, which is, you know, the priorities that we did put in front needed to be done. Right. So Bethany, you're teaching kinder, right? right? I teach kindergarten. I teach the littles. Oh my gosh. um, You deserve like an extra crown for that. (laughs) I'm telling you, it's so funny. I think people are, I, when I tell them I teach kindergarten, they have either a very similar response, like, no, thank you. Couldn't do it. Or they're like, oh, kindergarten. I've always wanted to teach kinder. You know, it's, Definitely, like I feel that way about middle school. I feel like there are people who are so gifted. Our school is a K through eight school, so I interact with the middle school teachers, and they're very, they're very much the same way. They're like, "Wow, I don't know how you teach kindergarten." I'm like, "Wow, I don't know how you teach middle school." You know, they're just they're so so great at what they do, and they love it so much. And that's how I feel about kinder. I love, I love kinder. I love, I mean, I'd be open to other grades at some point, but right now, you know, it's, it's been a really, it's been a great adventure. Kinder is one of those, you either love it or you hate it. Um, have you, so have y'all ever taught together then? Yeah, we did in college. We worked at a summer program together where we taught fourth and fifth grade kids. Um, okay. I guess fifth and sixth, they're going into fifth and sixth. No, fourth and fifth. Oh, okay. It's been a while. And Autumn, what <laughs> what grades did you teach when you were in the classroom? I taught fourth mainly, um, and I really liked fourth. Fourth and third, I think, were great ages to teach. Yeah, I think if I go back into the classroom when we move back, um, I definitely, because I've only done second and third, and I think I would want to try like the higher, second grade is about as low as I'll <laughs> go. I don't really have um, <laughs> patience for anything much lower than that. Or even like sixth grade, I think might be kind of, I don't know, it could be fun, but it could be really, really bad too. (laughs) Um, So I wanted to have y'all on today because y'all talk about organization and I wanted to talk about organization in the classroom and just kind of some tips or ideas that you could provide for teachers listening that are maybe struggling with classroom organization. We're in the new school year, so I feel like teachers are probably kind of in that like, ooh, spring cleaning, want to get my room kind of together type thing. So you kind of made a list of um, some different tips that y'all have. Yeah. Why don't I start, Bethany, because you you should do most of these because you are, you are in it. Okay. I do want to say one thing, though. Um, when, Kelly, when you mentioned, like, organizing in the classroom, though, mm-hmm. the word that you said – 
earlier about, you know, giving yourself grace. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is such a through line, hopefully in our podcast and in our conversations with each other, um, with Autumn and I, because in the classroom, especially, I mean, there are so many different things that are pulling at you and, you know, ultimately the students are your real focus. At least that's what you want it to be. But in reality, there are all sorts of demands being put on you. And so I feel like whenever I think about staying organized in the classroom, that's the like, the first word that comes to mind is like grace and giving yourself grace and remembering that it's not about perfection. So we do have tips that I think we found worked for us or that we're trying out. But overall, it's like, we know how tough teaching is and we know what, um, what a demanding profession it is. Yeah. Yes. And I think, and you kind of talked about it a little bit in the notes that you filled out, but like that Pinterest perfection, Instagram teaching world can be so, I don't know, just like get you down, I guess. Like I get on teacher Instagram and I, you know, feel discouraged. And so, yeah, I think what you said about just remembering to give yourself grace and just do what you can, it doesn't have to be perfect. It's, it's just more about the process of trying to create those routines and those habits instead of jumping straight to being perfect. Mm -hmm. Well, I think the biggest thing as I was teaching was looking, always looking for shortcuts on the, on the things that, you know, don't matter as much. Obviously you're not you know, uh, when you're not talking about kids learning, but shortcuts in the classroom. So always looking for an easier way to do something after you do it. So I love how Bethany, she shared on Instagram this past summer, um, like thinking of next year and, and making a box that said, you know, open first for setting up the classroom. And that was a way that she was kind of doing a shortcut by thinking, uh, okay, next year at this t- same time next year, how can I make this easier? And I think that's such a big, like overarching, um, idea that you have to keep in your head that you're always planning for this next year as you're finishing up what, you know, your fall stuff you're thinking about, okay, when, what am I going to get out for next year at fall? What do I, how do I need to organize this, pack this up, et cetera, to make it easy. And what did I not get to and can get rid exactly. of? Exactly. Right. Because as teachers, we can tend to be a bit of hoarders. (laughs) Yes, for sure. And I definitely, um, I love, I feel like a lot of tips I've gotten from Autumn are about trying to think of those routines. Like one thing Autumn did um, that she, she shared with me is instead of labeling everything, like obviously some things you'll label with students' names, but then you know, we do use numbers for students in terms of their, you know, their lineup numbers or whatever. And are there things you can just keep Mm -hmm. numbers on? You know, I have certain containers that just have numbers on it Mm -hmm. and those can be reused year after year and they don't have to scrub off the students' names or relabel it. Nope. It's got the number or on the file cabinet, the files have the number and that can help me uh, just kind of have those systems already in place and not have to I recreated every single year. I will say for me, my biggest, my biggest hurdle in my personal life and in teaching is paper. Um, I have so many of my colleagues who like, I, I definitely use Google drive. I use it every single day, but I have so many colleagues who are really good about keeping most things electronic. Like they don't want to save a copy of it. But for me, I love having the originals, uh, in a file, just, it helps spark my memory and, I kind of can look at the the semester overall. And um, I really think of the year, actually not in semesters, in seasons. So I think of like fall season. So everything before winter break and then winter up until spring break and then the end of the year. So I think of these like big chunks of the year. And so I used to try to file everything, like all of my things having to do with like the life cycle of the pumpkin or introducing five were like labeled. No, I couldn't maintain those. And so finally what I did is I just started filing by season. And so this summer I 
was going through my files and I pulled everything out that was relevant from September through December, through the start of December when the the season would end. And I had it in rough categories. Like I did keep themed things together, but I did not worry about a perfect filing system. And then I really knew if I need something, it's there. Going through it helped spark ideas for that for that those coming months and kind of got me back into the groove of like, oh right, this was kind of the flow of the fall. And then it also helped me to kind of, like you said, cull. Like when I was going through, I was like, you know what? We didn't do that or it didn't go well last year. I want to change this. And then right before winter break, I went through that stuff again. Like I haven't gone through it. I've pulled stuff out of it all season, but I haven't organized it. So before winter break, I went through it again, just really quick pulling stuff out I didn't get to that I knew I wasn't going to use. I put it in my file cabinet so it's already my fall section. And then I pulled out everything I think I'll need in January, February, and March. And for me, that has really, really been helpful because it's kind of forced me to focus and like zoom in in this one little container that's most accessible to me are all of my files for January, February, and March. I'm ready to go. But then I know that that fall stuff, I've already looked at it and it's where exactly where I know it, but it's not you know, directly accessible. And I think for some people that system won't work. For some people, they're really great about maintaining those really meticulous files. And I think that's wonderful. And I will say that my Google Drive is super organized. But I think for papers, I had to come up with a system that was going to be easy to maintain and that also, you know, met my needs throughout the school year. I think that's a brilliant idea. And for a couple of reasons. One, I think it is a perfect example of that idea of giving grace to yourself, like realizing what does and doesn't work for you and then being okay with it, not being the really meticulous, you know, every single standard, a folder for each of them. And also I like the idea of like, cause when I would plan, I would try to kind of plan the whole unit, um, like not all at once, but kind of get that bird's eye view of like what I'm covering this next month or this next six weeks or whatever. And so I think that kind of having it by seasons allows you also to kind of get into that headspace of like everything that you need to get done in those next few months, just to kind of know where you're starting and where you're going. Right. And as a teacher, we are, I mean, of course there are those days when you're kind of scrambling or those weeks when you're like, wait, where am I in the unit? But we do think out further out, you know, we do think through the unit or we think, okay, these are some of the goals that I want the students um, to be meeting by this point. And these are the standards that I'm really focused on. And we're focusing on those, you know, for my kinders, I do have, you know, tools and resources for teen numbers, but we're not getting those. Uh, We're not working with those until, you know, until we come back from winter break. So I don't need to have my tools for teen numbers right in front of me, most accessible. And so as a teacher, with all those things that I'm thinking about, I need to see, okay, what's in front of me? What do I need to focus on? But, you know, having those things at my fingertips. I think that's great. Okay. Tip number two, or Autumn, did you have anything to add? No. I mean, I just love this idea of what if it doesn't work for you, like how can you fix it instead of being like, oh my gosh, I can't be organized the way this other teacher is. It's just, you need a different system. And Mm -hmm. I think that's so important to focus on whether it's in the classroom or in the home, like finding systems that work for you and how, um, you know, you operate as opposed to trying to fit the mold of what you think an organized teacher looks like. I think that's exactly it, Autumn. And that that it's not all or nothing. It's not like it has to be perfectly organized and my files labeled or it's in chaos. No, there for me, I had to find that like happy space that's going to work for me. Um, and I also wanted to mention, oh, Autumn mentioned my box. So when you're thinking about those shortcuts and routines, the same way I'm kind of thinking about future me when I'm like going through my fall files, like in December, I went through my fall files and I was like, okay, am I really going to do this next year? Or was this really successful? I'm thinking about future me. And that's the same way when I was packing up my classroom. I I totally, it was like a gift to my future self. It was like a <laughs> gift to my fall self because I came to school in August and I'd actually truthfully forgotten about the box, but there it was. It said, 
open me first, like for classroom setup. And I had packed like all the things that I needed for classroom setup, like my dry erase markers, my erasers, my scissors, my tape, my things I needed to copy the, for the first week of school, like letters to parents. I mean, anything I thought I'd really, really need that first week I'd put in there. And just that thinking ahead to your future self, it's a way to like, I don't know, just like give yourself a little future high five. I'm always trying to do it. Like, what can I do to make, like Autumn said, make next year smoother or what routines can I put into place to help with next year? Yeah. Instead of thinking like, oh, I'll do that later or I'll do that in August when I get there. It kind of gives you that little extra motivation to do it now. Um, when actually when I was a teacher is what really made me fall in love with organizing because that's when I saw just the huge benefits that come with staying organized. And the, one of the biggest thing was with routines, but the second way that I really felt as I, you know, going through my years of teaching that really benefited was working with the students on having them learn how to take ownership over their own learning and their own work. And of course, this works a little better with older kids than with Ks. But um, learning how to delegate some of your like busy work to the students. So teaching them how to file in their numbers or doing their own grading of their paper or partner grading um, or graphing their progress of their math tests or their spelling tests, um, teaching them how to be editors of their own writing. That stuff sounds like, oh yeah, that's what we're supposed to be doing as teachers. But it, if you focus on it, it really makes a difference in how organized your classroom can be because they learn how to find, like they learn how to where to put their papers. So there's not just papers flying everywhere. I think that was like a huge thing for me. Yeah. Giving, allowing them that ownership because then they are more prideful about it too. And then if you are in primary, really encouraging parents to help in the classroom and keeping a list of things that they can do kind of at the ready, whenever you think of it, add to that list of how the parents can help. Um, I think with Kay, you know, it's, it's hard necessarily. You have parents who want to help, but then having enough things for them to help you with, so I think that also comes with time as, as you, you know, become a more experienced teacher, you kind of see the ways that parents can help. Like they can be in charge of taking photos for the classroom. They can be in charge of organizing photos. They can be in charge of writing parent emails out. Um, you kind of tell them the, what you need them to say, and then they can write the emails, um, hanging up student work. So just thinking of, how you can delegate some of your work to students or parents in your classroom. We have a lot of parents, you know, this year in particular, it's, I've always had, I'm, I'm really grateful that I've always had at least a couple of parents who, who wanted to help. But this year we had so many parents and at first I was like, well, what am I going to have them do? Oh my goodness. But you know what? I just had to pause. I just had to pause and think like, you know, first of all, I asked them, what kinds of things do you like to do? And then I told them the types of support I need. And most of the parents were more than willing to do whatever it was. You know, there were some parents who were like, well, I really want to work with kiddos. Um, I have two parents actually who are former teachers and it's awesome. Like I'll have the kids sit and read to them or I'll have them help the kiddos practice with sight words. I mean, there's all sorts of different tasks, but I love what Autumn said about having that list at the ready. Um, you know, you're going to set up your classroom for how it works for you. But I, I tell my parents that, you know, they can let me know that day. Hey, I, I have some parents who come in like regularly, but then if, you know, I have some parents who work and maybe they're like, oh, I have an hour. Can I pop in today? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I really do keep that open space because I think with Kay, the parents, um, I don't know, they're, they're at least in my school and with our demographic with, I have a lot of parents who work part-time or who don't work and they want to pop in and they want to see how their K is doing. They want to see what they're doing. And the parents who are working, you know, like I said, if they have an hour or two here or there, I want them to feel like they can come in as well. And so I just have a list of here are different types of things that I could use help with today. And, you know, I'll touch base with them, have a quick teacher timeout and, my kiddos are doing a turn and talk or whatever. 
And then I can check in with that parent or some of the parents already know, this is where I go. This is what I do. And they get started and it's really nice. And um, I know I have a first year teacher on our team and she was really, really nervous to have parents come in. And so she hasn't really recruited for parent volunteers. And so I've talked to her and said, well, if you want support on like ideas of how to use parents, you know, and she's kind of intimidated by that. But I think recognizing, you know, yes, parents are watching what you're doing, but they're more mm-hmm. watching their kid. They're <laughs> they just want to see what their kid is doing. And, you know, I just don't even worry about that. I teach the exact same way, whether they're in the classroom or not. And, um, you know, it's, it's really great to have their support. And speaking from a parent who is a former teacher who goes into the classroom and does watch teachers, I'm not, I'm there cheering you on. Like I know how hard it is that other parents know how hard it is to be a teacher. So, you know, it's not like, oh my gosh, you know, my kid doesn't have a good teacher. We're really like cheering you on and we're there because we want to help you, not to judge you. I have a friend who I had never thought of this before, but she has kind of like you were saying a list, Bethany, but she has like a box of all of the supplies that a teacher may need. Mm -hmm. I mean, a parent may need. So glue sticks, scissors, um, a badge to the copy room, uh, you know, whatever a parent might need. So that way, when they come in that box of all their materials that they need, is just right there ready to go. So you're not having to scramble to get stuff together for them to do. And so I think having a box like that with your list or copies already made or whatever of stuff, just kind of like a space in your room almost where parents know, come and here's where I can find everything I need, um, gives like kind of creates that space for them to feel welcome and feel like they can you know, come in at any time and, and know support. where to get started. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's a good point yeah. of, of making them feel welcome. And Bethany also does a really good job of keeping the supplies easy for the students to get into and use and teach, teaching them, you know, how to take it out and how to put it away. And I think that's super important. Just like I was talking about the older grades, teaching them how to take care of their work and filing and grading. And when you're talking about primary students, teaching them, you know, how to use the supplies and how to take care of the classroom to keep it organized and focusing on that. Oh yeah. I'll have parents. What's funny is I'll have parents who come in with their little, little kids, like maybe it's a sibling and that, that kiddo will immediately like run for a shelf, right. To to (laughs) grab something. And the parent's like, no, 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 don't touch. I'm like, nope. Every single thing in here that is at kid level can be touched. Do you know, I want my classroom as student accessible as possible. I want them to be able to reach everything. I want them to be able to get the supplies that they need and put them away. So my, we do a lot of tool talks where before we use a new supply, we talk about how to care for it. How do we use it? The students um, know how to clean it and get it ready for the next, you know, the next time we're going to use it. And they know, well, we didn't put the cap on that marker. So that's why it dry, you know, why did it dry out? And Um, so, you know, really investing that time up front is so worth it because then the students again, have that ownership. And then when we go back in January, you know, we're going to go back next week and especially for K, but I think for every grade, we go back through that process. We go back through the routines. We go back through caring for our classroom and where do we put things and really helping them to be really successful because, you know, over that winter break, I don't want them to come back and feel like, you know, whatever their routine or lack of routine was like over the winter break, you know, we need to recreate that culture together. Right. All right. It's me here in the middle of the show to tell you about the U-Table organization resource that I've created. How many of you have a U-Table in your classroom? If you teach elementary, probably every single one of you. But even if you teach secondary, this resource is still great for you. The Organize Your Table resource is a PDF product that I've created to help teachers work through cleaning out, organizing, and creating routines to organize their U-Table or their teacher desk. When we have an organized teacher space, we can find things easily, and we have much more opportunity for impromptu student meetings or small group lessons. In this resource, I give you action steps, pictures, and tips to help you along the way. This is something that can be done in as little as an hour or take you up to a few days, depending on how quickly you want to work through it and how organized your space already is. The product launches February 7th, 2019 for $4. Really, $4. 
to help you organize and create routines for one of the most used areas in your classroom. It's a great deal, so be sure to get your copy as soon as it launches because the price will be going up in March. If you are on my email list, you'll be the first to know when it's live. And hey, I may even throw in a coupon code for you. You can join by going to bit.ly slash TSOT email. Or if you are ready to get your copy, head to the simplyorganizedteacher.com slash LP dash table dash resource. Autumn, I had a question. Um, you were talking a minute ago. Oh, I was going to ask you, were you like the kid that was like always organizing your room at home or organizing things or rearranging furniture? Um, I think, yes, I think I was. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I do feel like I struggle with organization as well. Like I do feel like it's something that I find very valuable and I also have to find strategies and tips that work for myself. Um, so I, I don't like saying like I'm natural organized, naturally organized. Cause I don't necessarily think that that's true. Like I'm going to lose my keys like anybody else. I'm not going to know where my purse is like anybody else. It's just a matter of like, I don't like that feeling. So I make a basket for it. And so I don't know, Bethany could answer that question probably better. People ask me all the time. So is everything in your house labeled? And it's like, no, no, I live in my house. I also like to be able to tidy it in like, you know, 15 minutes, but it is lived in. Right. I will say my favorite thing about Autumn's house is that, you know, she has three, three kiddos and, you know, she has a bustling household, a bustling day. And, you know, at the end of the day or throughout the day, there is stuff all over, but the difference between her house and my house is that every, you can pick up anything in that house. That's, you know, maybe it's something that one of her kiddos left on the floor and there is a home for it. And that is the big thing. And that's what I try that's what I strive for in my home, but especially in my classroom, it's, you know, we know how to clean up our classroom because everything mm-hmm. has a place. It's not a question of, well, there's this whiteboard marker on the floor. I guess I'm going to put it on this table. Nope. We know where that goes. Right. And mm-hmm. in Autumn's home, it's not about perfection. It's that, you know, I truly, I can pick anything up and it's like, oh yeah, that goes in that drawer right here, you know, and her kids know where the things live. So they, they're so good about working together. And that is just, that's something I know Autumn has invested a lot of time to create those systems and to maintain them with her kiddos. But, oh, for sure, her house gets lived in, especially when I'm over. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let me hear you play the piano. Oh, wait, let's go have a spa outside. Oh, wait, let's go do, you know, and we've got all this stuff out, but then we can put yeah, it away, we, you know. Yeah. You're like the fun aunt that comes and visits. Right? I yeah. hope so. I hope I'm the fun aunt. <laughs> Well, I love that you said everything has a home because I kind of always joke on my podcast or on the blog that that's my number one rule for organizing is that as long as you give everything a place, a home, then you never really have to worry about the mess because you always know where something's going to go. Yeah. Right. So, and I actually, I have a box next to me of some things from, you know, we just finished the holidays. We just have Christmas and that's my job. This, you know, I'm like, well, now I have to find a home for these things, you know, and it might mean, okay, well, I'm letting, you know, I do want to keep this, you know, I, a couple of the gifts I got, I'm like, oh, I don't really know where the home is for that. So I have to either create a home or I have to get rid of something so that that has a home. And that's a new routine for me. I, I think, you know, autumn, I, doing the podcast has really been helpful for me too, because that's a new way of thinking before I would just be like, Oh yeah, it's fine there. No, I need to be intentional about I'm bringing these new things in and like, where do they go now? You know, they need a home. So that's something in the classroom. Like I said, if you, if the students know where the home is too, then, you know, everyone can Mm -hmm. work as a team. So side note, this isn't really related. Have y'all read cozy minimalist home? Oh my gosh. Michael. No. It is on my wish list. We've heard we've heard a couple podcasts. Which her. one have you listened and to? I'm Young curious. House Love. Okay, I haven't listened to that one. That one's a really good one. Young House Love interviewed her, and then um, this woman named Annie Downs, Annie F. Downs. Her podcast is called That Sounds Fun. 
she interviewed her and that was a really so, great interview so and good. both interviews are so good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, I've, I know both those podcasts, but I haven't listened to her on either of them. Um, I've listened to her on, um, the glorious and the mundane podcast by Christy Knuckles. Do you know who she oh, is? I don't know that one. Okay. She is, she's a Christian author. I mean, not author, singer, songwriter, And, um, she's just recently started a podcast and I listened to her podcast and I feel like I just went to church. Like her, they're so calm and relaxing, but today she listened or she, um, the one I listened to today was an interview with, I don't know how to say her name, Michael and Michael. Yeah. Michael and Michael and okay. With her. And I actually ended up sending it to my husband because we've been like in this tension of, you know, we just moved to this new place in Germany and we literally sold everything that we had in Texas. So we are completely starting from scratch and um, we've gone to Ikea like a million times and, um, he's like, why do you keep buying all this decoration? Mm-hmm. You know, just kind of that like tension of what's important to me, what's important to him. Um, so I sent him the podcast today and I was like, you probably won't like this, but maybe you can listen to it and get an idea of where you're coming, why from. I want to decorate our home. Yeah. Um, and then I listened to her on Jamie Ivy's podcast, the happy hour. Have yeah. Heard I've heard of that, of that podcast, but I haven't uh-huh. heard that interview. Yeah. So I, I got her book. I actually bought it right whenever we moved here to Germany, because since I was starting with such a fresh slate, I was like, okay, this is the perfect opportunity for me to kind of practice yes, this cozy minimalist. Totally. So it's been fun to like go shopping with that mindset, but okay. I got us way off track. Sorry. <laughs> no, I love that. And I actually really want that book. And Autumn and I have been talking about that. Um, the, um, the, I mean, I totally wrote down those two. I want to listen to those two interviews. I loved her on those other ones. Mm-hmm. Y'all should have her on your podcast. It's on oh, our list. Cool. <laughs> yeah. We have a right. wish list of, of people to interview and she's definitely. We've been, <laughs> we've just been so in such different schedules. We haven't been able to reach out to anybody to have interviews because we can't even t- I mean, you know, scheduling your podcast, we, we can't right. like give somebody a schedule of when we can record yet. We're going to get there. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. Um, okay. Where I think we were starting number tip four. number four. Yeah. I, yeah? Okay. I think it's so, so, so important to teach students organization. And, and this is kind of the theme of the last one, right? Taking ownership over their work, taking ownership over their supplies in the classroom. And as a teacher of fourth grade students, I was really working with them on staying organized in their desk and, and how do you use a binder and how do you use an agenda or a planner, like to keep track of your upcoming events. And, um, so I really like set aside time in the classroom for students to work on that. And I was focused on, okay, how will they need to be organized in high school and college? So like, that was Mm -hmm. my idea is, is how would I teach them to be organized for college? And so having that, and I mean, I share that with them, like, this is why we are doing this. And I felt that that was so important to teach them. And I feel it's super important as a mom to teach that to your kids as well. Like, this is where we put our shoes, and this is where we put our homework when we're done with it. And this is, you know, and teaching them that organization at home and in the classroom, I think, sets them up to... Um, I just think it's such an important lesson that sometimes we gloss over of how much it, it affects our daily life. Yes, it does. Cause I think a room to me, a classroom, when I walk into it and it's disorganized, it makes me feel overwhelmed and stressed. And I'm not saying like not perfectly organized. I'm just saying when you walk in and there's literally clutter on every, the top of every surface and, um, you know, just papers everywhere. Mm -hmm. There's again, your classroom is lived in, like it's not going to be perfect all the time, but I think that that can also that clutter and that mess can lead to behavior issues with kids. And I think it can really like kids. I remember in undergrad, one of my professors talking about how kids crave routines. Like they want those boundaries. They want those routines. And so we need to give them to them because they function better under them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You see that in a heartbeat with a toddler because as soon as you change their routine, they like have no clue what to do. Uh, But I think, um, especially with backpacks and, and we would set aside time of like, okay, everybody open up your backpack. Let's go through it. And for those kids who 
already keep their backpack like in pristine condition uh, and they enjoyed it. I mean, I wasn't like forcing them to, but I would tell them, okay, you're in charge of this part of my desk. And I would let them work, you know, like I would give them something Mm -hmm. else in the classroom that they could organize as I'm working with other students if they, you know, needed more support with their binders or their desk. And so really um, spending some time in it and, and showing the kids like how important it is because we're spending time on it. I had some girls that loved, they loved like dusting my bookshelves mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would tell their moms and they'd be like, well, they don't do that at home. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you, but they do it here. So I'm grateful. Yeah, My daughter comes home and tells me all the stuff she organized in her classroom for her teacher. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, and I love the idea, Autumn, the way you were talking about really preparing them for high school and college, because, you know, as a teacher, we know we are one teacher on the path of many, many Mm -hmm. teachers. And I think whatever, what skills can we, you know, of course the standards are incredibly important, but what life skills are we giving that are going to help support their success? And that idea of, oh yeah, learning how to be organized. That's a learned skill, learning how to study, learning how to, you know, know where to write down your homework so that when you get home, it's not like, wait, we, what did we do? You know, it's, it's a learned skill. And I, I think that's something that I didn't really realize when I was growing up. And, and so when I was kind of, uh, you know, in a high school, I was so disorganized and it was like, oh yeah, you know, I didn't, that was a skill that I needed to practice. And so it's that reminder as an adult, oh, I can practice this skill. And then for my kiddos, you know, with K, it, it is thinking about like, okay, where, where does this go? But then especially with those older kids, you know, those you're practicing, you're building those skills year after year of how they can take ownership over their work and how they can be accountable and responsible and not expecting perfection. Like Autumn said, it's not about being perfect, but it's about, you know what? It doesn't feel good when you don't know mm-hmm. where anything is. And high know? school teachers, mm-hmm. they just don't have time to, and you're kind of expected right. to know those organization and study skills it. by high school. Exactly. And, you know, maybe they get a little bit of a middle school, but really middle school teachers don't have time either. You know, they have so many students. And so I really feel like in fourth and fifth grade, you know, is really the time to focus on it as a teacher. I think I think the last tip we want to make sure we touch on is to remember what's important and that not everything has to be cute. And that is, those are Autumn's words. Autumn's always telling me that. <laughs> well, that was but a big struggle as, for me because, you know, yeah. this will say my age, but I did not have Pinterest as a teacher. Um, but I had other things in my mind of what a teacher is supposed to look like. And I thought everything needed to be cute and, and I'm not really that crafty. And I worked really hard in the beginning on making, on trying to make things cute. And then I saw another, a couple other teachers as models to me to realize they were awesome teachers and their classroom wasn't that cute. Like, so we get hung up on like the cute and crafty stuff when remembering the priority is really the students learning. I completely agree with that, Autumn. I had a teacher I worked with who had a big budget that she wanted to spend on her classroom. She um, went to Lakeshore frequently. She went to Target. She had a lot of matching things and her classroom was adorable. And that was, and more than anything, she had a lot of like cute crafty things that she had made. And that was something that brought her joy. And that was something she loved doing. And it was exciting for her. And it was really easy to compare myself because my classroom does not look like that. It's, I definitely strive to keep it clean and organized, but it is not cutesy, you know? And I think, especially for kindergarten, you think, oh, well, cutesy. And, but no, that's just, that's not my classroom. And I really like going back to the idea of grace. Like I really had to stop and I was multiple conversations with Autumn actually, (laughs) you know, to stop comparing my classroom to hers. We, you know, I, what do I love to do? Well, I love to, um, you know, create charts with these students. So my walls are really blank at the beginning of the year. I mean, they have, you know, the paper and the borders or whatever, but those charts are going up starting on day one and they may not be the cute chart that I could get at Target, but that's okay. That's not my style. And I think if you put that pressure on yourself, especially now that we do have Pinterest, 
I think Pinterest can be a great spot for ideas and for uh, inspiration, but it can also, if you're not careful, be a way of judging yourself or making you feel like you're somehow less than because you didn't have this really cute display, you know? And like Autumn was saying, that's not, at the end of the day, that's not what really matters. So it's not to get down on yourself if you do love doing that. She loved it. Awesome. Go for it. It wasn't, it wasn't my thing. I'm not very crafty. (laughs) That was a hard lesson I had to learn because I had the same kind of situation of, you know, just always doing cute crafty things and feeling like, because I wasn't, I wasn't a good teacher. And I think as women in the teaching profession, comparison is so hard. I mean, I obviously still struggle with it, but it's just having to realize what your gifts are, are not the same as what the teacher next door, the teacher across the Mm -hmm. hall, um, and then learning to be, or accepting that that's okay, I guess. Mm -hmm. So if a teacher is listening, who's not super organized or, um, you know, I think it's tempting to listen to something like this or read a blog and just feel like they need to just totally revamp their classroom. Um, which obviously we know teachers don't have time for that right now in the middle of the school year. What are some <laughs> practical ways that they could get started and kind of like start the ball rolling slowly? Um, I think it's really important to kind of see where you are organized in the classroom. I think a lot of times we go, our eyes go straight to the problem and I would focus on, okay, where am I organized in the classroom? What did I do to get this way? Kind of what's working for me to see how you can expand it to other areas of the classroom that isn't working. And then the other thing I would say, Bethany has tons of ideas on this, but is just to focus on one thing at a time. It feels so overwhelming to look around and be like, oh, I'm so disorganized in everything. And you can't change everything at once, but you could focus on one key thing. Maybe it's papers. And then you would focus on that for the whole year. Like, how am I going to get my papers more organized this year. And I think Bethany did a great job on doing that with her seasons uh, work that she mentioned earlier. And kind of going back to what we talked about earlier with things don't have to be cute. Sometimes we get stuck with perfection and, and looking and realizing, okay, I have to get my classroom to this level for for me to be organized. And you know, obviously working with all those kids, it doesn't, it's not gonna ever look like that. And celebrating where you are organized, even though maybe you can't take a picture of it and put it on Pinterest, you know that you're organized <laughs> in that spot. And and so it's not gonna look like that magazine. It's not gonna look like Pinterest, but it's organized enough. Um, for me, I think the big the big thing is like Autumn was saying about starting where you're at, I think the tendency is to, you know, when you look at all the areas you think you're disorganized is to focus on that backlog. Oh, I have that cabinet full of papers that I have to go through, or I have that huge, huge stack of things that I didn't grade. Well, I am like a fan of, you know what, put a pause on the backlog and really start where you're at in terms of like move forward And so what is that thing that you're going to focus on and work on that from the place where you're at? So for me, papers were a huge thing and I could have gotten backlogged or I could could have gotten uh, really overwhelmed with the backlog of papers that I hadn't attended to. But I said, you know what? I'm going to start with today. The things that are in today's turn-in basket and I'm going to set my timer and for 10 minutes... I'm going to make sure every day that I don't leave with stuff still in the turn-in basket. And sometimes that means that things, you know, have to get recycled or that I have to put it in a folder and say, you know what, I have to follow up with the kids on this during like some conference time or, you know, I need a parent support to go through and stamp this stuff. And, but the idea is whatever that is you're focusing on, start with today instead of trying to get really consumed with that backlog. If you decide that you want to spend a weekend day or a summer day or whatever going through the backlog, fine. But I am very much about like putting systems into place that will help you move forward. And so for me with paper, that is what I had to do. I had to look at what's right in front of me. 
I pulled out all the papers that I needed for that week, you know, and looked at, okay, I need to make sure I stay on top of the papers that I'm assigning. And then I also need to make sure that I'm attending to deadlines that I have from like my principal and from the office, um, because it's really easy to get re-bogged down. And so my goal was just to stay on top of the incoming stuff. And as I did that, I created systems that worked. Y'all talked about something on your podcast. Um, was it, did y'all call it 10 minute Tuesday? Oh, that's that what it was? Baby, yes, for sure. <laughs> so I was listening to that and thinking that that was like a really good thing that could be, y'all were talking about using it in your home, but I think that same concept. Yeah. So will you kind of explain that? Yeah. You pick one small area, like very small, like it's a shelf in your cabinet or a drawer in your desk or, you know, an area that's become like a piling spot on a counter, something super, super small. You set the timer for 10 minutes and that's 10 minutes. That's it. And you work through it for 10 minutes. And then when the timer goes off, you're done. Um, especially as a teacher, because you got other things to do. Um, and as a mom, you have other things to do. <laughs> but sometimes you feel like, okay, let me just do five more minutes and then I'll be done with this pile. And that's usually how it works. The thing that I love about it is sometimes we're like, oh, I can't organize that drawer. Like it's going to take forever. And you realize that, oh, I just needed it to work for 10 minutes. And so when you give yourself that out, you realize that whatever you've been dreading doesn't take as long as you thought it was going to take. And you're able to knock things out easy and you know it's just a short amount of time so you can push through it. It helps to give you a little bit more and more, a little bit, sorry, my <laughs> five-year-old was like trying to get into my locked door <laughs> in the background. Um, I lost my train of thought, but you're able to get yourself up and moving, giving yourself, knowing that you only have to do it for 10 minutes and then you can be done. Yeah. I thought that was a brilliant idea. I really like Yeah. That. So pick a space in your classroom, pick a space in your home. Um, the hard part about teaching is, is that organizing is really never done. You're mm -hmm. always going to be organizing. And so it can feel overwhelming. Um, and then you have to go home and organize your home too. So you really got, <laughs> you're really just overwhelmed with organizing. So giving those little chunks um, makes it feel a little bit easier. Bethany, do you have anything to add to that? I think I think the 10 minute Tuesday has been wonderful for my classroom. Really? Well, it's called 10 minute Tuesdays, but 10 minutes, anytime, you know, it can be 10 minutes. You can do it, you can do it any day of the week, but it doesn't have to be more than <laughs> one day a week. So if you're focusing on, um, an area that it gets neglected, like you can just do it once I think a week. For me as a teacher, the, the hardest part was pausing long enough to see like, what is the sore spot? Because mm -hmm. You're making so many decisions every day. You're making like every moment you're making all these decisions. You have so many different things to attend to that for me, if I'm thinking about getting organized or if I'm thinking about, you know, um, where to start, I think the place to truly start is with a pause to really identify what the issue is and to really say, okay, like Autumn said, I want to celebrate that these areas are working, but there's this one sore spot that kind of keeps nagging at me. And like I said, for me, that's usually paper. And with that, you can create some systems. And I think you don't have to do it alone. You know, as a teacher, you're in your classroom alone so often. And we need to remember that there are so many people out there. Like this podcast is a great place to go to hear like inspiring ideas about how to get organized. And I wish like, you know, when I was starting like a, a podcast about being an organized teacher, you know, it's like, there are so many great resources out there, but then there's also your colleagues too. You know, I've, I'll go over to my, you know, my colleague at lunch and say, Hey, what are you doing to keep their, you know, whatever their, their toolkits organized or whatever that thing is that I'm working on. And I love getting those ideas from other people around me because they have ideas that might work for you, you know, and you all know those teachers who, boy, it really seems like they're a lot more organized than me, you know, ask them, ask them what's working for them or ask them if they have any suggestions for this one, you know, sore spot that you have. Um, and I think if you give yourself that permission to pause 
and pick, like Autumn said, pick one thing that's really bothering you or that you feel like is holding you back from feeling less stress, from feeling as successful as you can feel. Pick that and then make really, really simple systems. It doesn't have to be the perfect file system. It doesn't have to be the perfect day of purging. You know, it can, it can be just like starting where you're at and doing a small thing or creating a small system that a little tweak that can help make things moving in the right direction. Well, thank you all so much for being on the podcast and sharing all the ideas. I feel like somebody listening right now is going to like, <laughs> you need a notepad to be listening and taking notes. Cause I feel like y'all have shared so many, um, good tips and ideas. So I'll make sure to include uh, little snippets of everything in the show notes. So that way people can go and read, uh, to kind of jog their memory, but I really appreciate y'all's time and, just y'all's wisdom. Y'all, y'all have shared a lot of great ideas. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for having us. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, and just choose one thing. You don't have to do all the tips. Just choose one. Yes. Yes. Just (laughs) choose one. Yeah. Autumn's very good. Choose one. You have, you can have a notebook if you want, you can write down again if you want, but then just pick one. Yeah. Don't let this be a source of overwhelm (laughs) and stress. (laughs) I know. I know. And Autumn, Autumn, thank you. You're so good at reminding me of that. She, I'm like, Autumn, and then I, I watched the show and I saw this and then I watched this. You know, She's like, great, pick one. Yeah, I finally had to get to where like I would go to professional development, you know, like all day or two day trainings or whatever and leave like feeling just so deflated because like yes. how can I implement all oh, of this? Yeah. And so you it finally can't. got to where oh, yeah. I can only do one thing. So mm-hmm. pick it and, pick and just yep. be good with doing that. And it's such a process. I mean, you're yeah. you're going to be teaching for years and each year, you know, you're going to improve and you're going to make progress and just celebrate that. That it's slow sometimes and it feels like you're not doing it, but if you look back and see where you've come from, you know, it is such a process and you're always growing. You are. And I I, I will tell you the truth, there are some days when um, you know, you're those days when you feel most overwhelmed or feel like Oh my gosh, you know, this, this, I remember a a time this, this fall where I was just like, I had so many different deadlines and everything. And it's, you know what, those are important, but it's really like reminding yourself why you got into this. And you know what I did? I went out to recess with the kids. I went out. I mean, I had my quiet, my quiet moment first. And then I went out to recess and I just hung out with them for like 10 minutes and was like totally present and focused with them. And it, it rejuvenated me. It reminded me like, okay, right. This is what it's about. And in those moments when you're feeling, you know, overwhelmed or when you're feeling stressed out, you know, breathe and remember that there are so many people around you that can help you problem solve. And you definitely, definitely don't have to do it alone. So do you not have to go out to recess every day with your kids? (laughs) You're like, wait a second, go back to that. (laughs) Sorry. I got stuck there. Actually, we have duty. Um, there's one day a week where we don't have recess or lunch duty. And okay. but every day we split, like we have half of the recess duty on, half off. Okay. And then okay. um and then the same for lunch. We have half of the lunch off, half on. And so the day that I'm actually talking about was a day when I had already, you know, I was on my break or whatever, and I just went out early and just I just needed to be out of that classroom and just with the kiddos and, you know, like watching that at that moment, the most important thing in the world was, could they get across the monkey bars? They were like, (laughs) can I do it? Can I do, you know? And it was, I was like, well, what if you tried again? You know? And like, that was all that mattered in that moment. And it was really recharging, but yes. Oh yes. Plenty of duties. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank y'all again so much. I really, really, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Kelly. And we, we love listening to your podcast and we're going to keep listening along because trust me, we always need other tips and it's, it's great to have this community of people who are talking about something that we love so much. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. I really appreciated that Bethany took the time at the beginning of our conversation to address the perfectionism comparison thing that we all face as teachers. It's a real thing that we all struggle with. And I hope that by listening to our conversation, you're reminded of the mounds of grace you should give yourself, especially if you're someone who struggles with organization, set realistic goals for yourself. And remember that you're human. 
Like I mentioned at the beginning, I know they shared a ton of valuable insights and I have them all listed on the show notes. So head there to pick one or two strategies that most reflect where you need support and try implementing just that one. Do not overwhelm yourself by thinking that you need to do it all because you'll become overwhelmed, stressed, and that's exactly what we don't want to happen. I will also link to their podcast in the show notes so that you can go follow them and listen to them. And hey, if you're an A to B listener who found their way over here through them, thank you so much for stopping by and listening. I hope that you will add Simply Teach to your list of podcasts that you listen to. On my website, I share about how you can become an email subscriber, get free resources, and tons of blogs on organization and classroom management routines. Also, don't forget that pretty soon I'm going to be sharing about the new resources I'm creating and the new products that I back that I want you to know about. So make sure that you're on my email list at bit.ly slash email. And if you have a minute, would you please do me a favor and head over to iTunes to rate and review the podcast? I would appreciate it so much. I'll see you back here next week with another mini-sode. Until then, enjoy your week. Talk soon. Friends, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Simply Teach. Don't forget to head over to the simplyorganizedteacher.com for all the show notes, links to things we talked about, and you can sign up for my email list there. Also, be sure to find the Facebook group because I want to be your social media friend. The fun music you're listening to, that's provided by hooksounds.com. 